it, it became quite special because when we started getting these phone calls from people who actually had very serious health issues and um, really needed some help, we realised that what we were doing had a, had a huge impact on people who really needed it and there's a huge number of these people out there and since then I've spoken to more I've spoken to so many nutritionists and they said oh, I've got I've got this client he's got this issue he would love this and and it's really special because because we're organic nutritionists trusted us and because we're personalized it meant that we could actually cater to these complex health problems um, and so um, and then we had to close due to COVID um, yeah, no, I was just going to just um, bounce back on what Max said about that, is that I think that is really something that, that has motivated us even more, even during the, this this COVID, is is just before COVID getting these calls of people that like really, really wanted our service and really needed it, and us not being able to actually provide them with it. I think it, it, was, it was actually quite 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 hard on us um and but it has motivated us like 100 times more to even get it going and really push through with that hello and welcome to the natural healthcare network podcast my name is deb mcleod and i really appreciate your sitting in and listening in today we have entrepreneurs and business owners maximilian burrell and orson de Royer joining us they have founded a company called champ Champ is an organic, personalized meal prep company. I hope you sit back and enjoy hearing their story as much as I did. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me on my podcast. It is great to have you here with me today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Deb. Thank you for inviting us. <laughs> so we are here to talk about you. Maximilian and Orson. We are here to talk about Champ, your fantastic business that the two of you have started. And it's really what I love is we talked originally, how was it December last year? And so I think it was December 15th, yeah. Okay. Well, we didn't we didn't pub we didn't publish that one because you hadn't Champ hadn't started yet and now you've had you have this wonderful business and you launched it and now you've had to stop it because of covid haven't you which is a bit odd yeah, it's been crazy it's been absolutely manic. so how about we start from the beginning why don't you both why don't both of you share your story i don't know which one of you wants to start first you maximilian or you orson max is used to starting okay then you can really talk about how that's evolved into the business which what you call champ well, where do I start? Um, my name is Maximilian. I'm a, I'm I'm Latvian. Um, I lived there for two years, and when I was two years old, I moved down to Portugal, and Portugal's amazing. Um, I lived, I actually lived on a farm for a little time there, and um, the food's nice and fresh there. It's just a different world. It, it smells of eucalyptus everywhere, and um, it's my um, it's it's my true homeland. I, I like to say I, I always think about going back there, uh, but. I moved uh, to Torquay when I was five years old. Um, had uh, at, that, at that point had to learn English. Uh, I could speak Portuguese, Latvian, uh, Russian at some point as well. But um, when you don't use them, you lose them. And so um, I, ha I had a good childhood. But a lot of my family had um, a lot of health problems. I had a lot of health problems as well growing up. Um, when I was uh, when I was thirteen, I was overweight. Um, I had hormonal imbalances and issues. Uh, my family had a lot of problems as well. My mum on her back, she takes a lot of medication. And um, 
And for, first of all, I just wanted to lose weight. Um, so I, I, I'd sit up, I'd watch all the weight loss videos, uh, uh, take this pill to lose weight, uh, all, all this, all that. I've been, I've been through all of it, but eventually I just started working out and exercising and uh, um, it did pretty well. And, um, but yeah, so I consider myself actually pretty healthy. My friends would uh, always, when my friends will remember me, I always walked around with a bottle of water and an orange. I loved oranges. Um, but um, I started having loads of other problems. I had to take Roaccutane when I was 16, uh, which if, if any of you haven't heard of it, it's this really nasty um, medication for acne. And it, what it does is it pretty much wipes out your entire microbiome. Uh, and it's a very strong dose of vitamin A. And so from then, I started to get a lot of other health problems. I would get um, eczema. Um, my asthma turned incredibly bad as well. Um, and things just got worse. So I started becoming quite interested in my health um, after starting my first few online businesses. <laughs> so um, I, first of all, I was interested in business uh, because I was doing a business course at college and um and the teacher asked, what do you want to be when you're older? And then I just typed in on Google, business owner. And, and <laughs> it said entrepreneur. And I was like, okay, that's what I want to be. And, um, cool. and so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, was, making, um, I, I was making online businesses. Uh, they, they weren't really making any money. I made a fitness merchandise business when I was young as well. Um, I was turning over some money. I was selling like bracelets and stuff all over the world. It was crazy. <laughs> but, um, and, Very and, enterprising. Yeah, and then, then I was like selling gym equipment on eBay, and um, and um, I made a really, I made an incredibly bad investment um, when I was nineteen, and I lost quite a lot of money. And I was supposed to go Thailand traveling, but I had to cancel all my holiday plans, I had to cancel everything, and I ended up working a job instead um, for six months as um, making ice cream in a factory. Um, <laughs> yeah it was good it was good but th th around this time is when I actually started becoming more interested in nutrition because I was broke um, I didn't have any money so the only thing I was doing is I was eating well and I was going to the gym and on my breaks during work I would be reading books about um, about entrepreneurship I would read Gary Vaynerchuk lots of other books and that's when I got quite interested in reading and this is also when I got quite interested in fasting um, originally just to lose weight like I, I got sh absolutely shredded down and managed to lose so much weight and look great and um, then I went to university um, after that I'm um, quite interested in nutrition that's where I met Orson and it's just history from there really so so can I can I ask you before we jump into talking with Orson was it for you it was all about just trying to get yourself fit to where you felt better and you were losing the weight. So it was it so much about the nutrition or the nutrients that you were eating because you got into the fasting? Was it yeah. just about, okay, I just want to look good and I want to feel better? Well, actually, um, at first, uh, when I was young, it was just to lose weight. I didn't, I didn't like being overweight. Um, and then um, afterwards, I started eating, I guess, subconsciously what made me feel good. I, I, was, uh, I was eating loads of fruits and stuff. Um, I don't eat so much fruit anymore, but it's because I was, I was like, okay, fruits are healthy. And so, and so, yeah, I was, I was always eating consciously then and to look good as well. But then, um, by the time I was 16, I had, uh, I had a really bad teeth problems all my life. Um, I had a fill -ins. I had my 12th fill -in by the time I was 16 and, uh, right. and I was terrified. I was like, okay, I'm going to lose, I'm going to be 20 years old. I'm going to have no teeth. Um, 
<laughs> and um, so I decided to cut sugar out completely. Um, right. That's when like my life really started turning because I wasn't consuming sugar anymore. Um, uh, I even I cut out a lot of fruit at that point because it's the same thing; it's still sugar. Um, and so then it became more about protecting my teeth and staying in good health. I was a bodybuilder, um, and but I wasn't looking out for other aspects of my health. Um, and even when I started fasting, that's that's only when I started looking out for other aspects of my health because I know about autophagy, um, stem cell uh, reproduction. I've been, I've done quite a few big fasts since then. I've I've just finished a seven day fast uh, actually Gosh. last week, and um, my asthma hasn't come back uh, since then. Yeah, it's incredible. It's been it's been thirteen days. I'm actually counting, and like my lungs are squeaky clean. It's like silk. I can breathe. It's in, it's incredible. It must feel really good that you yeah. feel better. The pollen count is so high this year. It's terrible, isn't it? Uh, well, just get, kind of. I get a year round, so it just, it doesn't, yeah, never goes, but it's, yeah, it's incredible. It's no letter. And did you, um, did you have any sort of guidance or supervision? Was it a, a straight fast, hardcore fast, or was it a juicing fast? What was it? No, just a water just fast. A... Um, wow. Yeah, water fast. I've done it with my sister, actually. Um, yeah. Um, so because I've done, I've done a five day fast before I've done three day fast one day, it was just leading up to the next. My grandma's actually done 10 days. Um, I think, gosh, <laughs> yeah, Maximilian, you are a hardcore family is what you are really, aren't you? That's, <laughs> I mean, that's really intense to do a, a water fast. I mean, that's, that's not for the faint hearted really. It's, it's quite enjoyable when you get into it actually. It's, um. Yeah, it's quite enjoyable. So, so you were doing your fasting, you were in school, you went to university, and then you meet Orson. How did you two meet? And then Orson, I'd love to hear you tell a bit more of your background. And Well, well, how we actually met, well, I've, Orson, as far as I know, like, and when, and when we're in the same room, you think, oh, this guy's loud, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it basically started as I like, I was coming um, down from France and I, back into England for university. And, 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 and we're in this sort of lecture room. And I just see this guy who's just speaking really loudly and annoying everyone because it's so loud and I, I was just talking to, to, to someone next to me, I was like oh I really don't like this guy I, I really hope we'll we'll never talk or whatnot and then and then we realized that we're basically in in our course we're split into teams that we stay for for the next three years and I realized that we were split into the same team so I was like oh god I'm gonna have to stay with this guy for three years like this, this is horrific and then we just um I, I, I think what actually brought us together was the fact that we were both very ambitious and we both knew like what wants to get started straight away. I think a lot of people that at university, when they get to university need time to adapt and just take their time, which is not wrong in, in any sense. It's just, I felt like we, we wanted to get going as soon as possible. And I think that that's really, really that's what brought right. us together. To give some context um, to whoever's listening. So me and Orson, we're doing a uh, team entrepreneurship program course. It's, um, it's a university course where there's no exams, there's no lectures, you build teams and you create businesses. It's like a mini pre-business incubator. And so when we both arrived, uh, we both just wanted to basically build a business straight away and get started, which wasn't what everyone else was thinking. I think, because, as Orson said, because we were both ambitious, we became good friends uh, quite quickly. So Orson, what's your background? So give us a little bit of history on your own ambitions and what, what brought you to that point, if you don't mind. 
Okay, um, I'll just start from the start. So I was born in France, um, and I, I still live in France from, from Paris. And um, I was at, I went to school there until I was about 14, until I got kicked out of school, um, because I was never, I never behaved at school. I, I, I always passed fine. I've, I found it relatively easy, but school just was not for me, it's, it's especially the French system, which is very uh, strict and very long hours. It, it was from the age of like nine, our hours were from nine in the morning to 5.30 in the evening with, with a one hour break. So they, they were very, very, very long days. And um, at that time, I didn't know that I had ADHD, but 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 that con- contributed quite massively to, to making it worse. So I got kicked out, I was sent to boarding school in England by my parents, which at the time I thought was the worst decision they ever made. But it it, it was a good decision finally because I learned English. I I I got um, I, I think it changed me. I think it, it it was a lack of maturity as well. So uh, both things coupled together, ADHD and the lack of maturity, made that I was just I was just not a very good kid when I was young. Um, so there's that, and I think throughout my life, hearing that I wasn't going to do anything, I think that's what gave me that ambition to actually just go out and do things, um, and not in the more orthodox way that, that everyone says they you should do it, which is through in having a normal a normal job, which is n- nothing wrong with having a normal job at all. It's just that for me, I I've got something inside of me that I know that to be happy because I strive to be happy I will need to do something quite big and something quite substantial and and get lost into my work a bit like what my dad has done um so that was one of the main reasons I wanted to become a poker player after that um for for about a year or two (laughs) um but that um that was I realized quite quickly there's nothing intrinsic about playing poker I, I mean I love the game I love gambling I, I I like money to a certain extent there's nothing intrinsic about taking money from someone or making money um, I think it was really that that extrinsic thing that really made me want to go out there and actually do something that would have a positive impact on the right. world um, whilst whilst of course making money to, to a, a bit of money because I, I think money is can be evil but it can also be a very good thing because that's what can make the biggest changes i think biz- businesses is what are what has the most powerful impact on the world um and really changing it and having a revolution towards something that is good or bad depending on on on, on who's steering the well money is what you do with it people make it a choice on how they're going to use that money that's and i think you're Agreed. saying the same thing essentially Agreed. i agree um, it, I find it interesting that you were kicked out of school and then you got to the University of Western England and you met this loud guy who was making all kinds of noise and you found him annoying, but you'd yes. been kicked out. So you both have strong ambitions and you're out to achieve and then you get thrown together. Pretty <laughs> much, exactly. Yeah. So, what happened yeah. then? Did you? You're in this. It sounds an incredible course to be on. I mean, it's one of those dream courses to go on that you are just told to okay, create a business. So, how did you come up with with Champ? What was it that made you decide that Champ was the thing to do? Um, I think the story of getting to champ where it is now to where it started is so long and it, it went through so many different stages and so many rubbish stages and so many bad ideas um but but i think we've come to an end product now which is which i'm quite happy with um so it, it started at the start when um 
we were literally there was three people at the start in champs it was me morgan and maxi um and we were just walking out and i think morgan came came to us and was like oh do you want to sell protein shakes outside the gym because we we just wanted to get started um so that's what we did for a couple <laughs> of months uh, just had a marquee out, out, out outside um the set center for sport at ue started selling protein shakes um started calling massive manufacturers saying that we um to, to make our own mixers to buy 100 kilos of, of protein and like just 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 having these the, these dreams these real dreams that were just because of our lack of experience we just thought that that, that we could do it or we could do everything but um yeah so that's that's what happened and, and then through iteration 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 and just coming back to a drawing board and thinking what can we do better and learning about nutrition learning about our passions and the and the power of food but also the power of building something that's scalable i, I think that, that that's something that, that needs to be emphasized as well is that Anything that is not scalable, unfortunately, you can't help as many people as you want to help. When when you can scale and 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 go from I don't know a thousand customers to a million quite quickly, because because you have the infrastructure, because you have the operations in place, because you're not dependent on people, you're dependent on processes. That's when I think you 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 have a business that is worth um, going after, and especially if you're trying to have a big change to make a change. We um. Yeah, so when we first, when we had these protein shakes, um, well, we had, well, first we were actually going to get loads of vans, pitch them outside of gyms all over the UK. That was the plan. We were, <laughs> yeah, we were, we were going to, we we're going to sell them all over. We're going to expand into pancakes and we're going to do loads. Um, and you know what? They, were, they, they tasted good, but um, they did taste good. But um, the um, we, we changed the idea afterwards. We pivoted in um, March 2018. Um, and, uh, one big reason is because we were actually selling um, meals on campus before to students um, because we were doing a NatWest boot camp, which is you have two weeks right. to basically design a business and um, pitch it to um, pitch it. It's, it's a mock uh, thing for our course. And um, so we were selling meals. And then when it came around to March 2018, like, we we were spending so much time cooking <laughs> all the time, and literally we're always cooking because uh, well we wanted to be healthy and um and we were like okay well let's make a meal prep company because this is ridiculous and um and we looked and there wasn't any organic meal prep companies at all like it, not a single one I remember going through a hundred and six different meal prep companies on Google going through all of them and they're just not a single organic one. I mean, these meal prep companies suck. I mean, they, they, they on, on, honestly, they, they say healthy on, they, they say healthy on them. Um, but they're not healthy. Like it, it's just, um, it was literally just protein, carbs, uh, veggies. That, that was it. There's, there's just macros, uh, completely. It didn't take into account nutritional balances, didn't do any fermented foods. Um, and then they were providing a one size fits all approach to everyone and saying, here you go, you're healthy when it's actually just not true. And, um, so we said, you know what, let's make the first personalized and organic meal prep company in the UK. And um, oh, it definitely wasn't easy. How did that feel when you made that decision? Because that's quite a, I mean, that's a very defined product. It's not, you know what I mean? It's a very defined mission, I guess yeah. is the better word. 
I think, yeah, I think that's a good question because I think our real mission at the start was to feed ourselves. Right. Um, was to be, was, was really about doing something that would benefit us um, because we, 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 we were sick of, of working and then having to cook our own food from scratch because it was the only way for it to, to, to be up to our standards. And we were like, well, there must be a way to solve this problem. And there must be other people have having this problem. I mean, I think a lot of people follow certain diets and a lot of people are are getting a lot more interested in the in, in, in the power of food. And, and I think that's what really, really pushed us in being like, we need to do this. No one's doing it. We can do it 100 times better um, and bring a lot more value because it's all about value. It's all about bringing value to the customer, bring value to to the people um, involved. And I think that's really what we focused on. And and then we started doing our research. We started looking at our competitors and realized that, yeah, I, we're pretty 100% sure that we can do it better. So a question I have for you is, you looked at all the foods, you looked at these other companies and you said, nah, they don't know what they're doing. This isn't very good quality. It's just sort of ticking the, the stoplight boxes of, oh, uh, yes, yeah, it they, should they, have yeah, this and that check. and yeah. this much fat, this much protein. doesn't matter what, it, what type it was. Mm -hmm. So how did you get your head into the nutritional aspect? What did you do? So this, so this part of it actually isn't like a one-time thing. It's, uh, it's a continuous thing as well as it's, 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 um, we're still learning, but we've spoken to hundreds of nutritionists by now. Um, it's literally it's just so, so, so many. Um, so I remember, um, I remember Orson in, I think we spent an entire month where we locked ourselves inside just reading books. Yeah, because Room, yeah. I think something some, something that we're quite interested by in which we have been is actually um, performance from what you eat. Um, like what diet mm -hmm. is better? Well, I think that's why the personalization is quite uh, interesting because it's like what's better for you? Like I personally, I'm always trying to find out what can make me feel better, what can make me perform better. And, um, and so there's a big question like, what is the right diet and mm -hmm. if, you, if you search in nutrition world now there's uh, this camp fighting that camp and that camp fighting this camp and um and you know what like they're they're both right to a sense um uh, that's the th that's the thing <laughs> because um like, like your your genetics come into play your microbiome yep. comes into play your, your, just your preferences in general where you are in life um your age uh what you need uh, your time it's and so, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's where it got quite fascinating. And so um, how we actually restructured the business model now is we don't, uh, we don't personalize the meals ourselves. We actually work directly with nutritional therapists. So, um, uh, Deb, for example, if we were to send, if we got a customer, we'd send the customer to you and then you'd make the nutrition plan and we take the nutrition plan. So we work with uh, different nutritional therapists who specialize in different fields so that if a customer comes to us with a specific requirement, we can send them to a specialist and have a nutrition plan made from that. So we're, we're the specialists that are making the food from the nutrition plan. Brilliant. That's yeah. really good. That's really good because it takes the pressure off of you as well. So you can, in some degrees. So how do you do that? You, you've, making bespoke i'm going to jump around a bit because mm -hmm. i want to talk about how you got into your pricing and all that stuff but if we stick on this Please. bit about the food stuff um mm -hmm. how how do you manage your supplies 
So if you've got someone who you've got a client here that's plant-based and you've got a client there that is more meat-based and then you've got another client there that has cancer and then you've got this person that's working on brain health, et cetera, et cetera, diabetes, you could just, we could go on and on and on. (laughs) So how do you, how do you deal with that? That is a question. Um, do you mean in do you mean in the sense of how we order our like the food and then keep it and then not overrun or not? Yes. I mean, yes. So, so su- supplies, okay. wastage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I just wonder because I would think that's okay. quite a, a challenge. It's a good question. Basically, um, we 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 got supplies that can provide us with the exact right. amounts. And we order in the food the day. I mean, we get the food in the day before we cook. So what happens? So we we, we prepare we, we, without saying too much, but we basically essentially prepare what everyone's eating about a week before. And so that gives us time. Prepare by meal plan, by the way, and not cook. Yeah. So we've got uh, meal plans with uh, and we've also got a software that checks that hits all the requirements. Mm-hmm um to 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 make sure that we are hitting that um and then we will order it automatically and the day before the cook we have the exact amounts so that there's no way i mean there theoretically should be zero wastage i think we'll always have a tiny up, um, margin of error something that we're trying to to to, to, to negate but um yeah that's that, that's currently one of the ways that we have very little wastage compared to most um other restaurants but surely you guys knowing the way knowing you as i do you're going to have something in place for any wastage yes yeah we have have, have something in place um of of brian was on top of it where they pretty much collect the food wastage afterwards um so it doesn't get yeah so it doesn't go to waste and so uh, i figured you would and we've also um and 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 we also got quite big requirements with our suppliers on um, them using the less plastic possible, the less packaging possible, um, or or, or that side, because I think it is a massive responsibility when you have a business to make it as, as um, carbon, or as carbon, I mean, very little carbon footprint, essentially, Um, bring it down. I mean, we've we've done quite a big, big effort with with our packaging to be 100% compostable. Um, So I think, the other aspect of wastage um and also the delivery of the food um is very important for us because the environment is 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 our responsibility because i was going to ask you what did you do one of the things we talked about the the first time we did this was you had really worked tirelessly on the packaging hadn't you have you have you you've kind of got that streamlined properly or what have you what have you done it sounds like you have yeah so the packaging um um, well, the pa- the packaging we're using is compostable. It was a sugarcane based um, packaging, and um, next time round, well, when we're back opening again, we are going to be delivering nationwide, and that right. is yeah, so which is quite exciting. A little spoiler, wow. uh, yeah, spoiler there. But um, so <laughs> and we're going to be delivering nationwide, and we deliver it in cardboard boxes. We were tr- we spent hours and days trying to find uh, compostable uh, suppliers. Who could provide ones that would just you could throw away like essentially the postman could say you know what i quit and chuck the box into uh, nature and <laughs> it just it isn't the there in five years but at the moment technology hasn't caught up so the best alternative to having compostable uh, packaging is actually is packaging that is incredibly easy to recycle and to make sure that it's actually recycled um because that is better to have that than something that um, that can't really be composted, and so that's what we're working on at the moment. And so we're very big on uh, environmental uh, aspect of what we do. Um, I think that's 
that's why we value um, organic so much as well, because um, as we know, there's a soil crisis going on at the moment. <laughs> and so um, there's overcropping, there's lands and lands of grains and there's soil just dying all over. And so we support regener- regenerative agriculture with um, grass fed animals um, also organic foods, which means they can be cropped for longer, do less damage to the soil, less pesticides, um, which and because it traps carbon as well. Um, it, it's a whole holistic thing. So the so the uh, for, for example, grass fed cow, it'll poo on the ground, um, and then this poo will create nutritious soil, and, um, and then and it actually encourages wildlife um, to arrive at the farm, and so. It, it literally creates life uh, where it is. And then so pigs, they'll clean up forests. Uh, they're really happy there. And it's a whole ecosystem where animals actually live in a single area and they they eat the land they're on, they drink on the land they're on. And it's not using CO2 coming from all over the world. You're not getting this from here, this from there, feeding these animals with this. And it traps carbon in the soil and encourages the birth of new life. Um, which is incredibly important. So my mind is going down two routes right now. One are your suppliers from the the farmers, the foods, and how you're working with them in the packaging. You probably, uh, I'm wondering what you're doing about the packaging and if that has, dare I ask you, and you can tell me if this is a no-no, has Mm. this sparked another business idea? We thought about it. (laughs) So shall I just say to watch this space? Yeah, we've we've spoken with engineers. um. Okay, well, that's not what this podcast is about, but I just can Mm -hmm. see how you guys are. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to talk about because it's very inspiring to see that you started out wanting to sell protein shakes and now you're dealing with farmers and you're dealing with manufacturers. So if you're going to be delivering your lovely, gorgeous organic foods around the UK, how are you sourcing these suppliers? And where are you, where are you going to be shipping from? Um, So all the cooking currently will be done in Bristol. Um, And then it'll be, we, we get DPD that will pick it up from our, from our, warehouses let's say and then set our, our kitchen or whatnot and and, and send it out to, to the rest of the uk um so it's 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 a very um simple process actually of them just picking it up and just sending it over but all food is local within bristol in, in a sense i mean besides certain um as certain um ingredients such as you know even avocados and things like that are quite hard to source locally <laughs> yeah. so those kind of uh, in- ingredients <laughs> are probably are probably going to be brought out from um from um in- internationally um or nationally if possible but yeah all, all, all the cooking is centralized currently in bristol we're thinking about maybe expanding into a second kitchen quite quickly um because that will give us a lot more um leeway and a lot more flexibility um with our customers mm-hmm. but yeah that's yeah. essentially how it's going to work yeah. all, all out in terms of suppliers we're re- uh, we're uh, renegotiating supplies for when we relaunch uh, this october yeah. um there will be we we have standards uh, pasture for life is one of our standards uh, that's for animals and then um, farms which are approved by the organic soil association and the eu as well um, so we'll be double checking on them uh, making sure everything's good and um, yeah and also where uh, we serve wild fish and um, 
Yes, and and all that comes with renegotiation because especially after coronavirus, um, everything's just been topped on its head. Um, so, well, and and not only coronavirus. Um, how is Brexit? affecting you. I know you're trying to do everything really as local as you possibly can, but in some instances you're going to have other things. I mean, are your are your, is your packaging from abroad? Is it all the, is it all UK based? I mean, do you have any has um, Brexit had any impact on you? I think currently no, and I don't think it'll have the biggest of impacts. It it, it might be quite a negligible impact, which is good, which we're quite happy yep. about. Um, because as a, I mean, even with with coronavirus, just just to go back on to coronavirus, is that uh, everything imported is more expensive now. But but because we will be getting a lot, I mean, ninety nine percent of our things locally, that doesn't really impact us. So that was one of the advantages of going locally. More, I mean, even beyond just being healthier and better for the community, it's also. Um, I mean, cost of more, more cost effective, to be entirely honest, which is, I think, is, yeah, needs to be. So, okay, so a couple of things. You've talked about your suppliers. I'd like to talk about your process. I'd like to talk about your chefs. Let's talk about your process. You've said, okay, you get it, you work with nutritional therapists, but take me through. Okay. So, um, a customer comes to our website, um, they order, and then um, we're still figuring out the nitty gritty now because we're actually redoing the front end of our website to make it more streamlined. But what, how we want it to flow is a customer comes in, they get a call with the right nutritionist based on what answers they've given. And then there's either three options. They can either create their own uh, meal plan so they can personalize it online. Um, two, um, they can ring us and then we can help them personalize it. And then three, there's actually a lifestyle package. So you can have multiple visits with a nutritional therapist because um, to see, because there's all sorts of lifestyle factors. Um, it's not, you in one session, you can't really get out everything that you need. And so then uh, once we have that, then we get a nutrition plan created from the nutritionist, which will just give us guidelines, uh, basically what a person can eat, what they can't eat, if they're going to follow a specific uh, diet um, and then we feed that into our software um, and we actually have a meal planner who is a registered nutritionist uh, slash recipe designer and what they do is they plan the meals every single week uh, for these people so they add uh, they design new recipes they add new recipes because something we're quite big on is actually having new recipes every single week uh, because it keeps it exciting, and you know, when we were running from January to March, that's what that's what everyone liked. They liked not knowing what they were going to get. They liked that it was a surprise, and they liked that it was just yeah, it was just personalized yeah. to them, so they didn't really have to worry about it. And so, yeah, so that that's how that's the meal planning slash nutrition side of it. And also, if you want to update your nutrition plan, you can visit a nutritionist again. Um, it'll cost money as well. But you have to pay for it each time. Um, and then you can have an updated nutrition plan or you can just update your nutrition plan yourself on our website. Um, awesome. Do you want to explain the next part? There's not much to explain, really. Uh, the rest is the rest is they just get their food twice a week, and and if it's um if it's um if they got a um, nutrition plan that changes every week, then it changes mm. automatically. I mean, it's just they it, it takes all the hassle out of them. It really is. It's just right. they all get home and they got their food. They bring it to to to, to work. Mm -hmm. They do what they want with it. But it really and takes that time that time that 
it takes to make food to away. So it comes, sorry, does it come to them cooked? It comes, so all they have to do is heat it up. Is that all they have to do? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So um, it does come to them cooked. Um, we may be thinking about doing uncooked as well, but that's another, that's another discussion. Um, that's maybe something in the future, um, depending on, on, on the feedback we get, but most of the time it comes in cooked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just throw it in a pan, heat it up, and off you yeah. go. You can have that. You've got it all prepared for them. So yeah. shelf life. Okay. Pan, oven, pan, pan or oven. Um, I mean, it can be uh, microwavable, but we 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 try to. to wait, wait, wait. Let, let me finish. Yeah, I said microwave. we try to steer. <laughs> we we tell our customers to steer away from that as much as we can. But sometimes, for convenience, some people have done it. Um, yeah, it's we, not our we, go to. We, yeah, we say not um, to use microwave. Yeah, if someone's not well, I mean, I you know there are times we don't even have a microwave in our house. Gosh, we haven't had one in I don't, either. I don't know how I many years. Know. Yeah, but um, one of the good things about the fact that you swap the food around is always you know this is swapping the food around adds the diversity to the microbiome, mm, yes, which is so absolutely. important, and that is really really helpful. So that's that's good. So how exciting! I love hearing this. Now, who who does the cooking? Ah, so yeah. you guys got sick of doing all the cooking you said yourself we wanted someone to cook for us so I'm funny how that works so <laughs> we actually we actually um well we 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 trialed the chef um and we just we just realized at the beginning he was just doing like what we were telling him to do anyway um, because our do, model yeah. was quite complicated so he was just following what we were saying and so we're like okay we're paying for this guy when um we can just do it ourselves and we can learn from it. And so that's what we started doing. We'd have the recipes designed uh, and then we'd be cooking in a meal, uh, be cooking in a kitchen. I'm a, I'm food, I'm level three food hygiene qualified, worked in kitchens before. Um, and so is Ryan. Okay. And so we said, yeah, we so we said, we just, you know what, let's, let's do it. And, and yeah, that's what we were doing. And you know what? The food was nice. It was really nice. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was good. <laughs> but, but now, um, in, in, in the future, yes. Yeah. So basically, I think it was very, very important for us to actually work in the kitchens more than just to save costs or whatnot, is to understand the processes and to create, op because operationally, it's an absolute nightmare. That's the bread and butter of the business. If the operations don't work, we, we don't have a business. Yeah. So working in there really made us understand how we could make it quicker, streamline it, and really make it as cost effective as possible for ourselves but also for the customer so that's why we worked in the kitchen to start and now 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 that we've created and we've modeled the operations we know how it's going to work now when we restart in in october hopefully um we will um hire three or four chefs yes which we have yet to decide who um just because it's a bit early um, but yeah. yeah so yeah the chef but we will be using chefs. So the food w will only get better. I'm not saying that Maxie's a bad chef, but I'm saying, but, but I'm saying that I'm just saying that, that it will get better. Yeah, we, had some, uh, we had some, we had some very happy customers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah. No, that's really good. I love that. Um, okay. So I think this is, I like hearing what you're saying. I think these are really good ideas, but how, so you, you launched in, you launched the business in what January, February, January, January. Yeah. So how is business going in January? You know what? It was actually, it's actually pretty funny how it started. So, um, so we, well, we had to get started. We started sooner than we thought we would, uh, because, um, 
our website was up. Uh, we've done uh, some SEO and marketing, and um, we got a we got a call from someone pretty high profile. Um, like yeah, so a very high profile athlete asking for some meals, and so um, cool. And so we're like, great, let's get started. So we did, um, and um, and as I said, as we said, it's an operational nightmare because what restaurants do is they have a set number of menu items and they cook from that. But because we're personalised, we're essentially designing completely different meals for different people all the time. And so um, uh, we didn't want to grow too quickly, uh, but we were getting more demand on uh, from our website as well. We had a, we made a, a promo video. If you see, if you go on our social media, you can see it. I've seen and, it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. It's good, isn't it? And the, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> we had a whole campaign to release it and and grow, 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 grow. Uh, but um, we 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 couldn't do it. We had to. We wanted to. Yeah, the operations wouldn't wouldn't have have, have stood. They would have. We would have like, broken. We could down. have done a, We could have done hundreds of meals, but we wanted to do uh, fifty meals really well. Um, and so make sure there's these customers really happy. And so that's what we were doing. And um, uh, we we're actually designing software in house to be able to facilitate it. And uh, by the time it came to March, um, it was working very well. In fact, we we started getting calls from all sorts of people. We were getting calls from um. A, a, calls from people in hospital i had spoke to this lady in hospital she was really a poor condition and she was being force fed um rice puddings there uh she, she eats organic food and everything she, and it's and the whole situation was horrible and um and then we start getting calls i've spoken to people on the phone who have cancer uh they want meals as well and by this point we've already closed and um and we were, it was just kind of growing itself quite naturally and without the marking on top as the, as the flame uh, to the well, fuel to the flame. Uh, but um, yeah, that it, it, it became quite special because when we started getting these phone calls from people who actually had yeah. very serious health issues and um, really needed some help, we realized that what we were doing had a, had a huge impact on people who really needed it and there's a huge number of these people out there and since then i've spoken to more i've spoken to so many nutritionists and they said oh, i've got i've got this client he's got this issue he would love this and and it's really special because because we're organic nutritionists trusted us and because we're personalized it meant that we could actually cater to these complex health problems um and so um and then we had to close due to covid um yeah no i was just gonna gonna just um, bounce back on what Max said about that is that I think that is really something that that has motivated us even more even during the, this this COVID is is just before COVID getting these calls of people that like we really really wanted our service and really needed it and us not being able to actually provide them with it I think it, it was it was actually quite 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 hard on us um, and but it has motivated us like hundred times more to even get it going and really push through with that. That's good because that was the question that I was going to ask you was, you know, how has that uh, having that downtime one? How are you preparing for your growth? What's your growth strategy? Because it sounds like you 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 thought you had things in hand and you were it was sort of the system was starting to break from the pressure, but then two having COVID occur, um, there no one wants to to wish that would happen on anyone, but do you find it's enabled you to have some reflection on how you're going to restructure your business process? I'd say absolutely massively. I think I'd 
completely agree. Um, it we we needed that that reflection time because I mean until we got started, we didn't realize that running a business is just nonstop. All I mean, the time, it really is nonstop. We had no time to sit down and reflect to to just think about what was going on, what was going well, what was going badly. Um, and it was our first time to, to to really running a business, so I mean there were we made many mistakes which didn't help the process. Um, but I would say that without this reflection and and where we are now and the plans that we have going forward is a lot lot more solid and we've built what I've, I've always believed in is very strong foundations. If you have if you have strong foundations, you you're you're primed to, to for growth. If you don't, then you're just gonna fall over. So it was really about now building the, the, these foundations, and I think growing in in in, in different steps, um, not growing too quickly once again because we don't want to sacrifice the quality of the product. Because most important is value is is value for the customer. Um, yeah, I'd say that really was. So I find that quite intriguing that you say that because you you say well we're Bristol based now but you plan on opening in October and at that time you're going to be ready nationally. Are you able to really manage that sort of business in October? Yeah, we'll have a, we'll have, we'll have a waiting list actually. So, okay. yeah, that's, that's, so that's the main thing. Um, it's about introducing one by one. We, the, we're not going to let the floodgates open and everyone just a jump pounce on top uh, because um, we don't want um, uh, George, Harry, Tom and Adam um, and Melissa j- jumping on and this means that uh, maybe Billy uh, and Lauren's meals actually go down in quality. Uh, so we'll be, so we'll, be ad- we'll be adding customers in each week and um, adding processes, um, adding more staff where it's necessary so we grow that way. Um, we think that's an incredibly essential part to it. And what's um, and and actually, when we when we just before we closed, uh, we were actually getting quite good at what we we're doing. Um, our processes were getting very good. Uh, we were quite effective. Uh, the reason we closed um, was because um, I was supposed to go. I was supposed to go away for Easter. Um, uh, it was my turn to go away for Easter. So Orson was like, "Okay, well, I'll go away now." And then, um, well, France France's border shut down. And then Ryan had to go home as well. And then the whole thing just became. It, it, we didn't have enough staff to rotate to actually keep running um so uh, so that's the reason we closed and so we've act, so we we know how it works we know what we need to do and we've built um we've well also and ryan built some incredible software uh, so that we can actually facilitate the growth and um yeah during during this time down um well, we've been working a lot more marketing um We've been working. Well, we've launched a podcast. If anyone hasn't seen it, I yeah, I know. I was going to ask you about your podcast. I, it's it's on my list in here, but you go ahead and you can talk about your podcast. No, we'll, we'll, we, can, we, can talk, we can talk about it later, and we can talk about. Okay, so yeah, um, I'm going to talk about what you who you want on there and what your plan is. But that's mm-hmm. so. So now that I've interrupted you, who is Ryan? Ah, oh, good <laughs> <bad> question. <laughs> I keep hearing um, Ryan, 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 Ryan throughout the company. Going back to explain who Ryan is. So, well, we've been through. So, we've had a lot of team members and champ in the past, um, actually, um, and it's just not very many were on board of a vision. They weren't willing to put the work in. Uh, what's required to actually create something at a scale. And then we, me and Austin, we kind of sat down because, like, we we needed. We know we need needed new team members, and we just we just think we we always said, wouldn't you like to work with Ryan? Like Ryan's great. He's um he's this guy in our course. Um, he's uh, he he's in our team company, which is like your class, I guess. And um 
And then we just thought, why don't we just ask him to join us? Um, and <laughs> and he did, and he's been great since. He's just he's just he's he's such a people person. Like yeah, you you speak to Ryan, you can't not get along with him. He's great, um, and he's incredibly smart. Um, you're awesome. To be, been working with him far more than I have, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's he's just Ryan. That's just how just, he is. He's just Ryan. He's just Ryan. He's just Ryan. That's excellent. I like that. It's nice that you've got just a Ryan. And who have you got a business coach? Is that do you rely on Yui to help you with your coaching and your business growth, or do you have someone that's mentoring you and working with you on your development? We've had a few. So, um, we've had a few. Um, some that especially when, when we're in Bristol, we, we, we used to um, have meetings with, with a couple, uh, a couple of uh, times um, a month. Um, and, um, and yeah, and now during the COVID, during this time, I think we really needed someone to, to be there on, on a weekly basis. So we, we spoke to a coach and now every Sunday we've got our accountability meetings to see that everyone's done what they were meant to do. Good. Um, which is, which is quite funny. It seems like I'm, I'm back at school, but, uh, but, but I think it works. It works. It's, it's very important to have that experience behind us because we are young. Well, we, everyone needs yeah. a coach. I think it's not, it doesn't matter how old I have a coach. I think it's really important. You know, I can get in and think, Oh, you know, I get into this circle and this cycle and I just need to be knocked out of it so I can, actually kick on and i think it's important for us yeah someone to actually just um someone give you a bit of a reality check every now and then and if i think it's important to add that um we've had a, f- a few mentors over this um over more well, in this time really we've had um we've had life over the summer we've had all sorts of mentors um big business mentors um just before we launch and during our launch um Stuart harrison um a lot of other people and yeah. They've been incredibly useful, and it's not just them. It's actually it's actually all the people that I've been helping us. I mean, we we like we have a lot of course mates, sort of classmates, uh, people online, uh, people on forum, people on Facebook groups um, that are mentors. Even your idols that you follow, the books that you read, uh, those people are your mentors. And I've been speaking to so many nutritionists um, since this started, um, and. Even they are uh, mentors to a degree as well, because there's always something you can learn from them and then figure out make it a little bit better. And so I think when t- you take the approach that you know nothing and that there's always that there's always something someone can teach you and help you out with, then a, a, a lot of life becomes about coaching and mentoring. Um, yeah, and um, and it's been incredibly useful because people have just, people have helped us a lot. Um, and because when there's been a lot of times where we've needed help. Um, and um and then we've asked for help and people have helped and i'm incredibly grateful because um in the future when i'm in that position where someone asks me for help and I, i'll get i'm not in a position to say you know what no i'll be like yeah i'll help you yeah. yeah so do you i know originally your target market were athletes performing you know, sports enthusiasts that was where if i recall that was what you were generally who you were generally focusing on is that right or has and has that changed it's well um people we target eat organic food that's that's that that's a first so the first okay. they eat organic uh, that's what we know um and they are short on time tend to be business executives athletes um and lawyers um or people and people with uh, health conditions who just need some help okay yeah it's, it's 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 quite it's becoming more and more broad um and we're realizing there's a lot more market segments that we can explore 
um, and and actually help people in in those segments. So really, I think that's is is it's not as niche as we initially thought. Okay. Um, which is um, good and bad news because it's always easier to to hit a niche than hit a broad market. But but it means that there's a lot more potential. Yeah, but generally athletic people, yeah. So I mean, it, and a lot of times it's it's easy to start that way, and then you just grow out, you expand out. So, okay, so let's talk about going forward and what you're doing. So you're you're getting prepared for October, right? And uh, you've got your podcasts. Yeah. What made you decide to start doing podcasts? I mean, as a podcaster, what made you decide to do that? Well, um, well, the podcast we we've always kind of thought of doing a podcast. Uh, it was um it was literally having a conversation in our team company at university and jack was like uh, why don't you start a podcast and we're like you know what that's a great idea and we just never did it we just we just uh, we just like wouldn't it be great to start a podcast one day and um and as we as we wanted to grow into october for our launch we realized that our target market is actually um people who listen to a, a large portion is people who listen to health podcasts they're people who care about their health and people who want to learn and uh, our target market business executives etc are people who want to learn to get, to achieve that level of success you have to be invested into your education um and so um that and it's fun it's, it's great like you get you get to you, you get to meet uh, great people in the nutrition world you get to learn more you get to build your brand your your social media and just attract uh, just that's it just tr- attract more people in your community in your sphere and um i think that'll be quite an integral part of our growth to actually um giving champ an identity um as we grow it's about letting them understand um what we believe in, who we are, what we do, given a platform to continue to learn and also given the ability to trust us with nutrition. Because as I said earlier, these other, other meal prep companies, they, they, they're, not, they're not focused on nutrition. Um, and so by giving us this platform where we actually speak about intellectual conversations and, and these topics, you can, first of all, you can put a name to a face for us so you can trust us in that sense, we're real. And also you can trust that we really do care about the nutrition aspect of it. I mean, I don't. I don't know how many of like we just recorded a podcast with Ray Griffiths about mitochondria. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what any other meal prep company is going into depth about mitochondria, about uh, medicinal mushrooms, epigenetics, and that's the aspect we really are hitting it from. And so it's, it is about that trust and branding. So will you have? Uh, well, have you got a rota of what you're going to do, or you, have you decided, or are you? Kind, kind of. Um, we just. Um, we've got a few weeks lined up. We're just inviting more guests, just speaking to them and just seeing what happens and just expanding from there. Um, yeah, I think it's it's, it's also, it's, it's going to be very, very predominantly um, nutrition. But I think we, we also want to add another aspect, which is quite, that we believe quite strongly in as well is self-development, um, self-development, entrepreneurship, business, or all, all, all that side as well. Because I, I think both can work very well together. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah really 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 powerful there's so many interesting people out there i mean that's the great thing and there's just a you know there are loads of of fascinating people out there so uh that's what i love and hearing their stories i think it's always exciting to hear them talk about and just the knowledge they have is just fantastic so i enjoy that um i think it's quite it's quite exciting uh building a community um and when it's especially when it starts to grow it really is so that's about your podcast what haven't we discussed well i was thinking uh, closer to what you asked earlier is like where do you want the business to go great 
the vision. The, the vision, like where, where is this going to go? And well, the goal is, well, first of all, to become the number one UK meal prep company. Um, and also redefine what it means, like meal prep means, because there is, it's not just putting food in a box. There's actually different types of uh, meal preps as well. And so, and by doing those, you open yourself up to being able to actually provide different foods as well, uh, especially some foods which uh, can only be preserved in certain ways. Um, and really just being, well, pushing the organic uh, personalized movement. Because um, first of all, it's, it's what's needed for our environment. Um, what we're doing today is not sustainable, especially uh, what's in the shops, um, feedlot cows, uh, animals, it's, it's, it's horrific. And in, it needs to stop. It's not good for health, um, all the hormones, antibiotics, and it's not good for our environment at all. And it's not fair for the animals whatsoever. And um, so we really are trying to push it, uh, well, the uh, regenerative farming and soil and organic food and uh, opening people up to the option that not every diet is like, for instance, you could follow a diet and the truth is, even if you want to, it may not be the perfect thing for you. Um, we see this with a lot of vegan diets and plant-based and genetics. It may not necessarily be right. Um, there's the, the, simply just educating as much as possible, allowing people freedom with nutrition and just growing, just growing. Orson. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, yeah. Um, well, my answer might be a bit shorter, but um, I think the future of where we want to bring it, I think also is really making food something that's quite attractive. Because I think we there's a lot of people that have ne- negative connotation with eating health. Not, I wouldn't say negative connotation, but more it being like a bit of, 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 of a hippie life, a, a, a bit of a, a, a like different way of living. But I think it really is not. It shouldn't be seen that well. It, that way, you should really see it as something fashionable. And um, and I think that's where we want to bring the business as well is is, is making food, eating healthy, and eating in a s- sustainable way something that's that, that's fashionable and should be done and also i'm i'm, I'm not going to say more but i think gamification is the future of something that that we might what is gamification gamification so it's like making i'm not going to say too much because I've, I've got my ideas behind it um but basically um um but basically making eating healthy a game to a certain extent um make, making it see see your progression certain aspects like that um which i think is very important because i think the future of everything is gamification to a certain extent people like seeing progress people people like growing that's how they get addicted um so yeah that's but addicted in in improving yourself in getting these are interesting words you're using because i think from a, a standpoint in my mind again i think we'll probably get into a word thing when you say you want to eat you want people eating nutritious food to be fashionable in my mind what um i would think is that you want eating healthy nutritious food to be become an integral thing integral thing so that's that's kind of where my mind is is going with that um and the gamification i'm intrigued I shall be interested to hear more and um, because it sounds like you've got some real ideas with that. So I look forward to that. Um, yeah. uh, we can you'll, watch this. You'll I'm, sure, I'm sure we will. I'm sure I will. <laughs> can I also, can I also quickly add out there? Um, 
if more companies could like do personalization that would be great because that means i could eat more places as well <laughs> that like that, that that that's it simply i think um I, I, that that that's an incredibly important part of the business model is the personal aspect and giving people the flexible freedom to eat whatever they want where, wherever they want um and to the fullest ability as well uh, not compromising i think it's the compromising part that you have to usually do when you especially when eating out and so um yeah well, I think people would say that compromising is the cost. You know, when you get into the 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 cost of of quality foods, it's become very expensive. We've made it expensive. And as a plant based eater, oh. <laughs> <laughs> someone who does have a healthy lifestyle, um, but I understand that wanting to have a nice variety of of, of foods and on on offer, and when you go out and eat. So can we talk about the pricing of your product? Because from what I understood, and this could be different, it, it's not the cheapest. Correct. Is that right? That's At the moment, unfortunately, we can't be targeting everyone, which is something we've accepted. Um, but it's been all right. People that really value the health and additionally is coupled with them having some money are actually quite 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 open and quite willing to pay that price for 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 a um a service and product that really gains them so much time takes all the hassle out of of, of actually eating healthy and and hitting their goals and feeling good and 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 really helping them i think health is something that is quite hard to put a price on um if if you value your health it's very hard people are willing to pay quite 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 um big prices for something that's really going to bring them value and that's why we're value driven because we think that if we're charging that type that price because we have to because everything's quite expensive we really need to focus on bringing extra value as well more 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 than just the food it's the whole service it's the convenience it's the everything around it is pure value that's what we're really really working that's good um and we've been a bit pushed against a wall in charging that price i mean with, with scale we are thinking about bringing it down um because that's what scale helps us achieve but currently we don't really have a choice that that's it it's it's, it's the price that we can to afford. add on so we're charging between 10 to 15 pounds per meal it depends on your requirements um so for instance if you're a rugby player um who requires huge meals you're going to be on, on the bigger end of the spectrum however if you just want smaller meals you'll be on the lower end of the spectrum and um as, as Orson said when you when these things first come out they're more expensive for instance uh, tesla when it released their first roadster it almost didn't even work and it was it was hundreds of yeah, thousands true. of pounds but with time and scale of economy you can bring the cost of these things down and make it more accessible to the public so um because we do want to make it more accessible to people in the future um yeah so that's that's the plan so i i get the feeling that orson's the cruncher number cruncher and yes. so have you done have you done the price comparisons orson knowing you as the the whiz that you are i i mean i know the prices of of, of those competitors um and and we are more expensive that's i can't um numbers don't lie um so no yeah we are more expensive uh max he actually did the whole analysis but i've i've read through it um and i've compared to to where we're at so yes, we are more expensive, but I do believe that we bring so many more benefits, um, and that's really what you we're know. What we're not actually that much more expensive um, at all. If, if, yeah, if, I'm, if I'm, you can, but yeah. we are more expensive. Okay, well now, 
one of the questions I like to ask everyone is how can I help you? What can I do to help you? Other than the uh, obvious. I'd say just speak to more people, maybe more people to podcast, uh, people to get the message out there too. And don't, and don't forget to, to look at, follow us on Instagram, champ, champ underscore meals, and our podcast, Evolution by Champ, hosted by Maximilian. No, that's fine. We'll put all of those links on the show notes. We'll have all of that. And then we can, what I'll do is I'll tag all of those things when I put I put it on Instagram and LinkedIn, which is equally good for the market as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. All right, guys, listen, thank you so much. This is to be continued. Yeah. I know yeah. I'll hope to see you when you're wildly famous. And again, I'll be able to say I knew them when. Definitely, definitely to be continued. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on board. So thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Thank you, you Deb, for inviting us. Yeah, Well, folks, that's all for today. I really appreciate your sitting in and listening in to Maximilian and Orson, who are equally inspiring in their energy and efforts to create a really exciting business. So watch this space. There are a couple of things I'd like to ask you to do. As always, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to the podcast. I'd like to ask you to ask others to listen in and to subscribe as well. And let me know what you think if you haven't done so already, because don't forget, that's what these podcasts are for. They're here for us to support, collaborate, communicate, educate, and inspire one another. And the only way I'll know this is if you let me know. Now, there's something else I'd like to remind you of, and that's our event in September. Anita Beardsley of Love Nutrition and I are hosting on Saturday, 19th September in Bristol at Engineer's House. We are organizing an event, The Multifaceted Effect of Gut Health. We're going to be looking from science to clinical practice. The event aims to bring together a range of healthcare professionals to share innovative ways to support clients with a particular focus on gut health and its many manifestations. We are delighted to have confirmed Dr. Alan Desmond, Dr. Elizabeth Phillips, author Tanya Borowski, Claire Sinton, and Dr. Caroline Gilmartin of Every Good Thing in Bristol as speakers. We are also pleased to say that we have Nutrigold, Genova Diagnostics, and PACA as gold sponsors. And I can't forget one of our main supporters on the day is the Alliance for Natural Health. We'll provide links to these organizations as well as links to CHAMP so you can follow and or get in touch with Maximilian and Orson and learn more about their fantastic business. I'd like to thank you again for joining me on my show. And until next time, here's wishing you and yours very good health. Bye for now. Bye.